What's up, Hope Fam? I'm David Hurst. Welcome to Community Conversations. For this episode, we're joined by my good friend, Dave Lanuti. Dave, how we doing? Good. 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 Glad to be here. Awesome. So you are, well, first off, I want to ask you, you're a David, right? Uh, that is my given name. So at what age did you transition to a Dave? You know, I tried to hold on to David as long as I could. It was around high school where it was just kind of forced on me to become Dave, and I just went with it just from there. Just embraced it. But I, I do kind of secretly like David yeah. best. Um, yeah. So. Well, growing up, I always thought I'd be a Dave, but it just never happened. And at 30 years you old, wanted I, it to I happen? feel like it's too late. So I fought it, and yeah. it happened to me. You <laughs> wanted it to happen, and it exactly. never— Yeah, exactly. all right, well— Hey. It is what it is. Well, we got two Daves, a Dave and a David here cutting it up. And we're talking about marriage. You are the marriage pastor. So what is what is kind of your role? What is the marriage pastor here at Hope do? Uh, I'd love to say my role is to make people have uh, safe marriages. Like, I, I guess that's part of my role, but I, I certainly... Um, I don't claim responsibility for every marriage I hope. There's a lot of marriages, and so there's a lot of mess and a lot of things that I oversee. But really, my job here at Hope is to oversee a team of mentors, uh, volunteers that are pouring into uh, couples at, at various stages from... Um, Couples that are dating, that are considering getting married, to engaged couples that are uh, trying to figure out, okay, what happens before now in the wedding, and then certainly a lot of uh, married couples that need encouragement along the way. So I, I shepherd a, a team of volunteers that does that through each of those stages. And I'm curious, just kind of jumping right in, working with some of these married couples, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the biggest obstacles, uh, conflicts that they face? Yeah. Um, you probably could all guess, but communication is truly the number one conflict that, that couples struggle with. Um, if I were to kind of rank the issues that couples struggle with communication about um, based off of what they come in for help or what they see me for counseling for, it would be um, one, two, three would be sex. Parenting and finances are kind of the big things that couples just stink at communicating about and often gets them in trouble. But those are the, the general big topics that seem to come up over and over and over. And so we, we have a lot of people within our ministry uh, who would like to be married one day. Um, some are married, but most are in that single phase and want to be married one day. How can they kind of prepare well for marriage? Are there anything, is there anything they can do right now to prepare themselves well and maybe not get to a point where they're coming to you with some some problems, some issues? It's a big question. Um, how can you prepare well before you're even engaged is what you're saying? So yeah. single people, single what can people, they do yep. right now to get uh, ready? Um, I think one of the things I would share is to just have a right expectation for what marriage is and what it isn't and the purpose of marriage. And um uh, David, I think a lot of people can fall into the trap of making marriage an idol in, in ways that uh, is unhealthy. But um, if you're single and you're desiring to get married, I, I would tell you that's okay. In fact, that's kind of the way you're created. We were made in God's image, and God exists in relationship. The, the Trinity is a perfect relationship. We're made in His image, and so kind of um, from the way God designed us, we long for relationship. And so to long for a relationship, to long for a spouse, 
is, is natural. I think that's the way God uh, designed us to be. We're, we're not designed to, to live isolated lives apart from everyone else. But um, the problem is sometimes we have an unrealistic expectation of what marriage is supposed to be and can be to the point where, one, if you're single, you just tend to idolize. If only I were married, then this wouldn't be a problem. If only I were married, then I'd be happy. If only I were married, then I'd feel contentment and peace. And um, marriage just wasn't designed to to help you uh, move toward fullness, toward, um, uh, you know, it's not designed to give you significance, to give you security. Those things can truly only come from a relationship with God. And so if you're single and you're thinking, marriage is going to be the thing that finally makes me feel whole, then that's probably an idol. And and you're probably longing for something um, that will disappoint and frustrate you. And so um, that'd be my first thing is having the right expectation of what marriage is and isn't. Uh, And marriage is awesome. Don't let me like poo-poo marriage. I love marriage. (laughs) It's it's really great. (laughs) Um, But marriage isn't going to be what brings me lasting happiness and wholeness and significance and security, all of that comes from my relationship with God. Um, well, well, I don't even remember the question I was answering. What can they do now to prepare? Yeah. yeah. Um, Other than, I, so yeah. there's, there's kind of have the right mindset, have the right expectations of marriage, not making it an idol. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah. Mindset is good. So um, just speaking of mindset, uh, a lot of a mistake couples can make or, or people can make is an overly romanticized picture of marriage. It's kind of what I was talking about before that, you know, it's based on a feeling and um, that feeling will last forever. And this romance that I'm chasing after that the movies does such a good job of, of portraying um, in an unrealistic way that that's the, the feeling that I'm going to sense forever. When really a healthier mindset toward marriage, even as a single knowing going in is more of a, a resolute mindset that, hey, marriage is awesome but it's not always going to be easy. And, uh, I'm going to commit to, um, to never divorcing and to working through whatever this world throws at me in a way where again, divorce is not an option. Um, it's a more realistic approach to that understanding that marriage isn't designed to make you happy. Um, it can, and it's great when it does, <laughs> but that's not the, the purpose of what marriage is. So with those expectations, as someone who's recently married, I'm especially curious about this. What can married couples do to avoid falling into that, those traps of, of unmet expectations to putting so much of, of the burden and the, and the expectation of fulfillment on the other person? How, yeah. can, how can a married couple avoid that? Yeah, so if, um, if you went into marriage and you're sharing vows with each other at that moment, and it's for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, if the unwritten expectation is um, this person, this spouse, God, that you have given me is going to make me happy and fulfill me in every way that I have lacked, you're already setting yourself up for disappointment and frustration. Um, I I think if we were to think of marriage... um, I kind of hinted at this question before, but if the, uh, and I'll just share my own answer. I think the purpose of marriage is, um, 
oneness. It's intimacy, and it reflects God's love for us. Um, And so if we're moving toward oneness and intimacy, and we talk about the longings that we have, these longings, I mentioned security, I mentioned significance, those are the most inner longings of our soul, of our spirit. Um, And those cannot be met by a spouse. Um, and what happens is a lot of couples think because they're experiencing other types of intimacy that that is going to be what holds them together forever. So you've got these longings that aren't met for security, for significance in your deep innermost soul. And you think this spouse is designed to meet those needs. And then outside of that, you've got like an emotional longing, uh, a longing to, to um, be understood uh, to feel connected with, to communicate, to, you know, like five love language type stuff of this person is meeting my needs, I'm meeting their needs. That's like an emotional longing that you have. And then outside of that, you can have uh, the most outermost layer is, is a physical longing for intimacy. All of those are holy and all of those are good and, and needed in a healthy marriage. But a lot of times couples, especially with a romantic mindset toward marriage going in, um, they do really great, especially newlyweds. Like our physical intimacy is awesome. <laughs> it's great. And you know, what are you talking about? No, nothing's ever gonna come between. We're never gonna lose the romance. No, it's no the, one's the honeymoon yeah, stage. Yeah, right? no one's yeah. ever felt what we feel before. And I'm like, okay, literally every married couple ever has felt what you're feeling right now. Um, but if that's all you have is a physical intimacy and you don't have an emotional intimacy, and you don't have, even more importantly, a spiritual intimacy together, that that innermost longing being met by Jesus Christ, then it's just a matter of time before those things start to, to fade. And um, it's when the physical intimacy starts to ebb and flow, and, and when that starts to go... Um, usually around year three or year four, you're in year one, right? Mm-hmm. So you got you got Not a couple even. of years. Yeah. <laughs> Six months. You, yeah. Um, but usually around year three, year four, if you don't have an incredible emotional and spiritual intimacy, you can expect that to fade. And that's when a romantic mindset will say, I think I made a mistake. I think I married the wrong person. I don't mm. feel in love with this person anymore. Now, um, uh, Feelings, again, the problem with basing a marriage on feeling or even uh, as a single thinking about, oh, I just can't wait to feel in love with someone, is feelings are always ebbing and flowing. They're changing day to day, month to month, year to year. And um, if that's what you're basing your marriage on, when you hit those low lows, you're going to think, I made a mistake. And you're going to look for ways to, to make that feeling come back. Sometimes that looks really unhealthy um, in making mistakes that go outside your marriage or, or whatever, addiction, uh, what, what have you. But it's always a move away from intimacy at that point. Um, one other thing, getting back to your original question, what can you do now to prepare for marriage? Uh, I, I'd say that the best thing that you could do today uh, as a someone who loves Jesus, um, single guy, single girl, is that you are growing into Jesus-likeness. That is the best thing that you can do, not only for yourself, but also for your future spouse. And if God gives you kids one day, that's the best thing you can do for those kids as well, that you are becoming more and more like Him. Um, yeah. Love it. What, is the, what does the Bible say about singleness? I mean, we know Jesus was single. Um, a lot of the disciples were single. A lot of the people in the New Testament, the apostles, the disciples that we look at were single. They devoted their lives there uh, to following Jesus. So 
Is there anything in the Bible in the New Testament that talks about singleness that we can learn from? Yeah, um, I, I, there's a, a great passage in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to uh, pull it up and just read it to you. Um, and I'm going to be reading from the Message Translation, which just kind of, it's like half translation, half commentary, all mixed into one if you've never read it before. It, it kind of puts this in a way that's easy to unpack. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it's a whole chapter basically on marriage. And there's instructions to husbands and wives. There's, uh, it talks about sex. It talks about what happens if I'm married and I'm married to an unbeliever and unbeliever, like all these different scenarios it kind of walk through. Uh, but starting in verse 7, it's talking specifically, I think, um, to singles. And here's what it says. First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, starting in verse 17. And don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God, not your marital status, defines your life. I, I feel like that kind of gets at the um, what we talked about a little bit earlier about making marriage an, an idol for us. Again, it's not a sin to desire to be married someday. I, I think that's hardwired into us. We desire relationship. But when you're obsessing over that, um, when you think that's what you need in order to be happy and to be full, I think these verses are pointing out, no, actually... Um, your deepest yearnings, your deepest longings are ones that can only be met by God. Um, so where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. So it's God, not your marital status, defines your life. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about, we've talked about singles. We've talked about married people. What about those in between? engaged. Mm -hmm. What are some things they can do in that engagement season to build a strong foundation going into marriage? Yeah. Um, you know, just off the top of my head, a few pitfalls is a lot of engaged couples. It's such an exciting season of life. They tend to look forward to, um, an event toward a, a wedding ceremony, a, a wedding day, um, much more than preparing to be a husband and wife forever to having to hold for richer, for poor, for in sickness and health. So um, that, that's one mistake you can make is thinking, okay, this is all about this event. And you get so swept up in that, that you forget to actually prepare yourself uh, to becoming like God. And so uh, three things that I want for every engaged couple. Uh, I want these for my own children. When they decide to get engaged, I'd want these for anyone uh, of you guys listening that's in, in that boat. But um, one, uh, God's word is clear that we are to build our foundation upon his word. Um, you know, Jesus talks about that in Matthew saying that upon God's word, that's the rock that we are to build our houses upon. And so as you're thinking about, man, we're building a home together, we're building a family together. What's that foundation going to be? I would say start with God's word. So pour into uh, that relationship with him. Spend time in his word, um, meditate on it, memorize it, talk about it, um, you know, ask questions if you have, you know, talk to each other about that, build that spiritual intimacy, um, that dependency on, on God. Um, so God's word. The second thing uh, is that I want for every engaged couple to recognize their need for community. Uh, marriage is not a solo effort. It's not you and your spouse 
on an island trying to take over the world. That's an unhealthy marriage. Um, we all need encouragement. We all need community. And so I would say even right now, find community if you don't have it. Jump into a small group. Jump into some of the communities that um, have formed out of young adult ministry. Find a men's group. Find a women's group. And make sure that you have people around you, biblical friends that are encouraging you toward God's word and holding you accountable um, to areas of sin that you need to be obedient in. So again, God's word, foundation, community. And the third thing that I want for every engaged couple is that they have a mentor guiding them. We all need mentors in life. I, I have a mentor, and, and I can't imagine um, not having someone to turn to that's further down the road than I am to say, okay, help me figure out this. Um, help me figure out that. I'm in a season now where I'm, I'm raising two teenagers, and I'm often asking my mentor, like, what, how do I do this? How do I navigate this? Um, and so uh, at Hope, we have a... a, a, a a whole team of marriage mentors available to couples that will walk alongside you, that will um, really be your biggest fans. They're not there to beat you up or to judge you or to you know, wag a finger in your face when you mess up or screw up. They're really there uh, in your corner, cheering you on and available to you to, to love you where you are and encourage you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So those would be the three things, God's word, uh, a community around you and a mentor couple to follow. May take you up on the mentor couple. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> um, what's that final question for you? What's what's at stake here? Like, what does the church, not just Hope Community Church, but the global church, look like when it's full of healthy, vibrant marriages? What does yeah. what does that look like? I, I mean, that's that's central to why I do this job. I, I um. Before being the marriage pastor, this is a long way to answer the question, but before being the marriage pastor, I was the campus pastor at Apex, and it just seemed like marriages was the issue that kept coming up over and over and over and over. I would go visit men's groups, and all they talk about is marriage issues. I'd go to small groups, it's marriage issues, and for counseling requests over and over, marriage, 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 marriage. And I realized that this, to me, is the biggest issue that we face locally. Um, and the more that I've kind of uh, talked to other churches around the world, I, I've realized that um, marriage is one of those things that's just common across cultures. It might look a little bit different, but relationships, marriage, that's common to every human being, uh, pretty much in any country you go to on earth. And by and large, we're not doing an awesome job of it. And I think there's a lot at stake. Um, we, we have this massive mission, this massive uh, vision to reach the triangle and to change the world. And I don't think that's possible with broken, busted up marriages. I, I think there's generational impact when a, um, uh, when a couple, um, I, I, I was uh, meeting with a couple this week that is um, uh, trying to piece together their marriage after uh, infidelity. And uh, both of them made a decision to accept Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that is massive. That not only gives them a hope and a future for their marriage, which is still a mess in many ways. <laughs> it doesn't mean because you accept Jesus Christ that marriage is going to be easy, but it gives them a hope and it puts them heading in the same direction. And it gives them a generational impact. They have two kids that are going to now see the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ live through them, not because they have a perfect marriage, but because they understand how to forgive each other because God has forgiven them of everything. And so I, I think 
healthy marriages will produce healthy families, which produce healthy communities, which produce healthy churches, which will change the world. I, th I think it's at the very center of what we're trying to do as a church. So <laughs> long answer to our short question, I think there's a lot at stake. Um, not to mention, I, I want for you to experience a healthy, vibrant marriage. I, I, I think that is one of the most life-giving things uh, when you're a part of that. Uh, when you're on mission together with your spouse, with the right expectations, um, shoulder to shoulder, not looking to each other to meet every single need that you can't meet, but kind of looking together toward God to meet those needs that you can't meet and giving each other the grace and mercy when you screw up along the way. That is a beautiful thing that I want for everyone to experience. Um, and so I, I think there's a lot, there's a lot at stake to what, what we're talking about. Love it. Well, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more, have any additional questions for you? Yeah, you can reach out to me directly at uh, marriage at gethope.net is the easiest way. Um, uh, I respond to those emails there, or you can email me at davel at gethope.net. Um, I'm for you. I love spending time, even if you're a couple that's not yet engaged. That's kind of when... when um, my ministry kicks in. I don't spend a ton of time with singles, but if you're thinking, hey, is this the right person? Or should we move forward in this next step? I would love to meet with you. I would rather pour my time and energy uh, into encouraging you there much rather than 10, 15, 20, 30 years into marriage when all the wheels have fallen off and there's a ton of crisis going on. So uh, I'd love to meet with you, talk with you, offer any encouragement I can. And have you claimed the David L at GetHope.net email in case you go back to David? Uh, no, you, no. You know, I was going to say, you could, that wouldn't really work for you. We have different last names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can have it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe right. I should, though, just in case. Yeah. Well, his emails are open. Uh, hit him up if you want to learn more. Dave, thank you for sharing your wisdom, insight with us. We appreciate it. And thank you for joining us on another edition of Community Conversations. We'll see you next time. Bye.